And we're live. Frank, mate, first live stream. How are we doing? I'm great. How about yourself? <clears throat> yeah, good, good. So maybe let's just start with the basics. And if you can introduce yourself in div like a little elevator pitch of what 5.2 is and who we are, that would be amazing. Sounds good. Um, I'm Frank O'Brien. I'm the founder and CEO of 5 Tier. Uh, with me here and leading this great uh, live stream is Bear Matthews, um, our amazing new Swiss Army knife of marketing, PR, and everything else, or whatever you want to have it. Um, and Five Tier is basically a, a platform that connects all forms of media. Uh, any screen you see today, we have connectivity to, whether it's a billboard on the side of a highway, a billboard in Times Square, your television at home, your mobile device. Um, and really, the you know vision uh, before any of this technology was available was just to have a more efficient way of um, reaching your end consumer. So it begins with targeting. And you can say, hey, we want to reach two guys sitting in an office 50 feet apart on 38th Street, given a live stream. Uh, and then you can say, you know, I have video assets. Let's run on TV. And then, you know, you set your window for your campaign. And, you know, 15 minutes from now, when we're back at our desks, the TVs around us would be playing a commercial that you had uploaded to reach two of us. And um, really what the platform does is it, uh, it's, it's been said to democratize media buying, which has typically only been reserved for larger brands with big budgets and really put it in the hands of anyone so that you can build your brand with things like awareness, advertising, TV, radio, out of home, which gains trust before you then go and market to people using things like email and social media, which are typically further down the funnel. Um, and all of this, you know, very affordable and within a couple of minutes through a platform five tier connect. Awesome. Cheers, mate. It's funny because you, you mentioned like the Swiss Army knife. And I feel like so many people don't understand that we have two pillar departments here at Five Tier, one being day sales and the other being our enterprise platform. Maybe just separate the, the difference and, and what each is targeted towards. Certainly. So it is a complex platform that does everything I just you know mentioned, the ability to target anywhere within a radius. And when we started out uh, with that, um, you know, product, clients really couldn't grasp it. <laughs> and we spent three years chasing our tail, trying to get people to, you know, understand. And they would compare us to IBM. I mean, literally, we were uh, part of an IBM partner program. And mm. they had already been working on some tech that did this crazy stuff that requires, you know, in some cases, PhDs to really understand and it wasn't until we walked to Times Square and we had integration with those boards and we pointed to one and said, hey, would you give us $10 to be on that billboard? And, you know, family of four walking through Times Square, got it. They bought 10 of them. So the next thing you know, we have $100 in revenue. And then we started right. blasting out around these specific days and conferences. So um, I sometimes call them feeder programs. Uh, they're based around days like today's Giving Tuesday. We're working with a lot of nonprofits, uh, conferences like, you know, conferences at Javits that are down the street. And it allows us just a digestible way to get people into the system and the ecosystem. And then we can say, hey, well, you know, if we do that on Times Square, what about your other markets? You know, we have 500,000 plus screens worldwide. And then, you know, we go off into, okay, well, we don't have screens. We have TV, we have radio, we have display. Um, so, so the two sides are really starting with where we started was super complex enterprise, you know, large right. global companies really can understand that stuff. And have been trying to solve that problem for a while um, down to the mom and pop that just want to take that picture of their, uh, you know, meat store 
true story in Long Island, uh, on New Year's Eve and paraded around to all their employees and have it hanging on their wall forever to take part in a marquee night like New Year's Eve, iconic Times Square right. billboard advertising for a fraction of the price, just as easily as you could do it on Giving Tuesday. Spot on. Okay. Well, this is our first live stream, but you are absolutely not new to the industry. What leads someone to build an enterprise-grade precision targeting advertisement platform? How did you get here? It's a great, great question. And sometimes I say it's a little bit of crazy. It's a little bit of naivete, you know, wanting to change the world. Um, I was actually an outsider to the ad industry. I worked in music marketing. I grew up uh, wanting to be Billy Joel's manager, not Billy Joel. I was a piano player. <laughs> Went to school for music business. Always built tech to help me do my job easier. So when I, I actually worked at the record labels, living my dream. Uh, and, you know, the music industry in the early 2000s wasn't doing so hot. So needed a way to afford Manhattan rent. And um, went to a recruiting agency and found myself at Deutsch, which I thought was Deutsche Bank. It turned out to be Deutsche <laughs> Big Ad Agency. So what it boils down to is I was really an outsider and I challenged the industry. You know, why does, why does there need to be 10 people around or 10 agencies around the table when, you know, you should have a creative strategic agency, maybe a PR agency for the contacts, media agency for the buying power. Um, and then I ended up consulting and building my own tech uh, agency while continuing to build technology. And then the next thing you know, we were winning all kinds of awards. Uh, we were on TV shows, you know, winning uh, clients um, on a show that aired right after Mad Men. And, you know, there was really a turning point in that period because we'd become part of the problem. A client called up and said, hey, I really want to run a social media campaign to drive awareness. This was before ads were available on social media. We then had to say, well, that's not really an awareness driver. An awareness driver is broadcast television or radio or out of home. Uh, then when people are aware of you, they open the door to learn about you and then to take action and then ultimately convert. And then there's a whole retention and advocacy piece after that. So um, I just... You know, I found myself uh, in a weird place where if a client called up with a big budget, we had to fight for it because we had a 60-person team to feed. And I realized at that point the tech that we had built, probably about 15 different tools, uh, could be combined into this platform that we now have today. Awesome. Talk to me about team culture. I mean, you're sitting in our offices. There's a garage door behind you. Obviously, building successful companies always comes down to culture. And a baby. <laughs> How would you describe our team's culture? What does it look like internally? Um, it's very much like family. Um, you know, we all hang out uh, regularly. Um, as we come out of the pandemic, difficult navigating in-office culture at all during the pandemic when we weren't in the office for you know eighteen months. Um, but I would say it's it's. Others might disagree, but I've definitely become more relaxed over the years. You know, when it was the agency <laughs> business, it was no hats. <laughs> and, there we go. And button downs, no sneakers. Um, and that was a cornerstone of the agency because we had to play that game. Um, now it's become very much like a, a technology company, which it, it is, and um, a little bit, uh, I want to say, rough around the edges because we still have that agency cachet, which clients really, really like, but mm -hmm. just a little bit more relaxed when it comes to, all right, you got to run an errand in the morning, don't show up till 10, as long as you're online and you're getting everything. Or, um, you know, as you said, when we came back from the pandemic, we turned the back half of the office into basically an arcade. We've got a dartboard, we've got a golf mat, we've got a basketball hoop. Um, you know, I had a daughter a year ago, so now she's in the office, you know, every once in a while. Um, and I would say, you know, the same goes for everybody else. We had a team member one time who brought his dog in regularly. So it's just become a much more um, culturally 
uh, nimble, relaxed, uh, family-like atmosphere, uh, I would say over the years. And obviously we all work in person, but is anything from remote work that you miss or that you've learned during that period? I'll be honest, it was very stressful for me as it was, I would say, for a lot of business owners um, and, you know, for everyone for that matter, people that uh, maybe weren't able to hold on to their jobs because their their company downsized to just, just survive. Yeah. Um, so if anything, in answering the question sort of backwards, I would say the uh, ability to be nimble, um, the ability to not sweat the small stuff, uh, <laughs> the, the recognition that our platform actually... Um, showed its value because clients that had committed money to a billboard company, when people stopped leaving their house, they were stuck right. with that budget, just sitting, waiting for people to leave their house. For us, you know, we flipped the switch on, never forget, St. Patrick's Day of 2020. And everybody went from out of home to in home. And we moved all of our clients from billboards to TV. So it actually helped us tell our story better. Um, so I would say, you know, it's a mix of, uh, having to remember that something like that could strike at any time you know we're gonna to have to deal with this global economy and you know again we have boards all over the world but at any point in, in time the world could get flipped upside down and you've got to be resilient um and again don't sweat small stuff to kind of hold on to talent and keep everybody happy through those tough times um and then ultimately uh just the value of the platform the product itself um really took on a new light during the pandemic. I think there's something to be learned there because we were talking about this the other day and the element of versatility within the platform and the ability to reallocate advertising dollars as the world evolves and as events happen. Maybe just comment on that for a second. Yeah, so there's a whole, this actually started from an algorithm um, where I was <laughs> trying to explain what I'd said earlier. You know, you, right. you aren't going to capture someone's attention uh, in 2012, 2013 by saying, hey, come like my page, because it wouldn't even show up in their feed. If you didn't go out and like the children's place, a client, right. uh, you wouldn't see their posts. So um, there's a, an algorithm that works behind the scenes that says, hey, traditionally, ad budget, 60% of them are going towards video or TV, whether it's online or streaming. And um, once you reach a certain point of critical mass to the goal that you're trying to reach, you should probably reallocate some of that budget. So, you know, there is an underlying AI element and AI has recently, you know, become very popular in the, in the world, but um, we've used artificial intelligence. And I mentioned IBM worked with them seven, eight years ago on um, how to optimize campaigns in real time to move money from TV because we captured 80% of a certain market's uh, interest to either another market or another tactic to ultimately reach the goal. Gotcha. That's really helpful. Okay. Fun one. We'll close out on this briefly. New Year's Eve is coming up. It's my first New Year's Eve with you guys. What's that like in the office? A, do you, do you watch the event? Do you watch the ball drop? Is it stressful? I mean, you've got all these clients who are spending tons of money to increase their visibility in Times Square on New Year's Eve. What do you do? Well, I think my face says it all. Uh, <laughs> deep breath. And then I was actually just saying, this might be my last New Year's personally going down to the square, making sure everything's running right. Um, you know, this is going to be our fifth or sixth. Um, and, and I have to say, clients uh, still get an affordable price on New Year's Eve. Um, you know, our lowest packages 
five, six years ago were only a few hundred dollars to run 10 plays in prime time when all the TV shows are filming. You know, now they're a little bit pricier, but they're still very affordable. And, um, you know, for me, it's, it's something that I want to make sure it goes off without a hitch. So, you know, I've given up all the New Year's Eve's that we've been there. Um, I think there were two during the pandemic where I didn't have to be there. But, I mean, there was one year, it was the year that it rained. We had 103 clients running. And they all want their video clips uh, by the time the ball drops or right after. So, you know, fortunately, the office, guess what? The office is right around the corner from New Year's. Um, I, uh, you know, don't ask that anybody uh, take the night and have to work. So I just bear the brunt of it. And, um, yeah, I'll be running around Times Square again on New Year's Eve. I was actually just looking today for partners and maybe we could um, – install uh you know video devices to get better angles in the case that it does run um right. you know we're not standing out in the rain or in the case that it does rain we're not standing out in the rain and um yeah i just think we get smarter every year and i think you know even our daily times square programs there's no one else in the world that, that's that's doing what we're doing and you know we've been told this by clients we've had clients come to us uh and say you know this other company that claims to be able to do this they have these minimums you know they can't trigger it when we're there i mean we have easily the best Times Square product uh, on the market. And that goes the same for other spectaculars like Las Vegas, uh, LA, um, and other cities around the world. So, you know, New Year's is always fun. Um, it's definitely our crown jewel, Times Square. And it's certainly, I always call it the second biggest site in advertising behind the Super Bowl. Mm, spot on. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that's everything for today, Frank. But we will be back tomorrow. So I'll see you then. Good. Thanks, Bear. Cheers.